0: This this, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. And
1: good evening. This is Safety Wars for Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. Good evening. So, yeah, we are working, right? I, uh, you know, on the ctfm.com app, right? And where are we? We are in Rockland County, New York. We broadcast in, and that is the border of liberty and prosperity. That's the motto of New Jersey. We're right on the border here. And the highway to the north being the New York Thruway, among other highways. How are you out there tonight? hope you had a safe day and you know it's hump day here as I like to point out this is afternoon drive time in on the west coast All Right? 5 p.m. a lot going on here today in the safety world we're gonna talk about an article I came across uh, on a couple of what on a couple of websites, but it seems to have come up all at once. I, you know, sort of like that with the algorithms. Out there. And let's go right to the news here. China says tracking COVID cases is impossible as infections soar, with no with testing no longer required for most areas. China's National Health Commission, on Wednesday, admitted its numbers are no longer reflective of reality. There's been some debate that they weren't reflective of reality to begin with. They had a zero COVID policy. Uh, let's review some recent uh, history here. So China uh, had a zero COVID policy. Sort of like a zero accent policy if you're there with the uh, work, right? Uh you know, a lot of places they have the zero accident policy. We all know if you're doing safety long enough that eventually that's not gonna work so well. And then what does it lead to? It leads to fraud, basically. People taking um, not reporting incidents, people covering up incidents, companies and if it's a larger company they take the people out the back gate. And can uh, have them co- have workplace injuries covered by private health insurance, or they pay for it directly out of pocket with credit cards and everything else. I know of a one very large company out there where they did that, uh, tried to cover up a cover up an injury, and then there was a lawsuit associated with it. And they said, "Well, what the frick is this?" And then it got. Tossed up, uh the chain of command went to legal and they said, Well what do you mean he took the guy out the back gate? And guess what happened? Not a darn thing. Why? Because everybody was worried about the that accident rate, including the attorneys. Uh and also uh the when they tried to go after the people who committed and essentially committed in some type of fraud on a certain level, uh they said, "Well hey, we know enough about the company that we' this is going to call you fire us or we'll drop dime on you." So they kept the people in place, and the, uh, you know it was a nightmare. Still is, right? And then uh, they accused everybody else as being dishonest. It was great. So uh, what ended up happening was they banned the doctor that was involved, and I called up the doctor and said, "What's this? I'm not allowed to use you?" He said, "Why is that?" He said, "Oh, he let me in on the whole story. Then I knew that I was dealing with dishonest people in the safety department. Unbelievable. Let's remember, the uh, safety department was incentivized to be dishonest because their bonuses were directly linked to uh, their accident rates and other matrices. And that's what they. Uh, that's what they." Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? That's what they went by, right, for their bonuses and everything. The other, and we're talking big bonuses. So they incentivized all this stuff. And then friends of ours here on the network did a big presentation for them uh, saying that you probably shouldn't do that, and guess what happened, right? Among that and a whole bunch of other stuff, they, they ignored them, right? And the facility continues to do stuff like that. Because the upper-level management got it, but the mid-level management didn't get it. Didn't get those memos. And that's the way it is. You have to work with people where they are, which is what I learned today. And I'll share with you a story a little later on after the news so China has no idea what's going on if we recall recent history with China they had a whole boatload of protests over there and even in a totalitarian regime communist regime when the people get PO'd and they're ready to cause problems they're even going to be willing to listen there could we be, uh, no, uh, could we be so uh, lucky here in the West with some of these things This is coming out of the U.S. sun, right? Nuke threat. Putin readies nuke missile for launch as Yars rocket, able to strike U.K. and U.S., is locked and loaded in a silo near Moscow. Vladimir Putin has renewed his nuke threat against U.S. by appearing to ready a nuclear missile for launch. Footage, I don't know where they kept this footage from, shows a huge Russian Yars rocket, Able to hit the U.K. and the U.S. being loaded into a silo. And it was part of, uh, you know, apparently part of a drill. Hopefully that's all it was. And it reportedly carries a warhead payload of 12 times more destructive than the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima. That's about 150 kiloton, roughly, give or take. Uh, It was seen in Russia, propaganda being installed in a launch pad using a special transport and other things. And on and on. So what's my point on here is this. You need to be prepared for this stuff. And domestic preparedness is waning in a lot of areas. I think uh, if one positive thing came out of this whole coronavirus situation is that we know how woefully unprepared we are. So the uh, whole thing is, well, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about preparing your Home, preparing your family, preparing your organization, uh, your community organizations to be more resilient in the face of disasters. Hmm? All right, Uh, just something to think about there. Uh, Some people feel that it's okay to give up. Uh, Some people feel, hey, we'll let the government handle this. Uh, Some people feel, well, we'll let the local community deal with it. Some people say, well, hey, I got a weapon and i'm just gonna grab it from my neighbor whenever i need yes yeah, so and there are people like that uh well the question is what are you gonna do about it right up to a certain point people are gonna help themselves so once you start to get hungry out there and everything else i don't mean to be an alarmist conspiracy theory guy but seriously you got to be prepared if you're not going to be prepared for your family or whatever okay what are you going to do on the community level Are you going to build up networks with your uh, local people, whoever they are, Uh, friends, family, organizations, what have you, a tight-knit group? I know we're 10 years after uh, Superstorm Sandy, and some of the lessons learned with that was that communities, uh, people set up their own private network to go and uh, help each other out, friends, family, and everything else. Maybe that's what we need to do, work together in the community. So, today, we have a somber anniversary. Fifty years ago today, two men woke up on human last day on the moon. Those were two NASA astronauts, Eugene Cernan and Harrison Schmidt. They were on Apollo 17 on the uh, lunar module, and they said, Good morning to you, down to Earth. And they were res, uh, responded to from a song that was from 2001, A Space Odyssey, and also the one that I walked down to uh, uh, at the, uh, my wedding. I walked down in the aisle because, uh, hey, if the bride has a march. I can also have one, too. It was also Sprock Zarathustra. You know, da, 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 da. And everybody got a good laugh out of it, right? It was either that or the Star Trek theme but anyway that's uh, uh they listened uh, to uh, right Apollo 17 and they were on their way back we haven't been back since and there are a lot of controversy I just did not realize this no we just had the Artemis 1 mission out there and we there's still a lot of uh, controversy there why we did not go back to the moon. Some said, well, we learned all we could with the technology we've had. Others said, well, we're better off with uh, uh, putting our money elsewhere. And there's an argument to be made on that. Why are we spending all this money up there? Well, we have a lot of problems here between environmental pollution and uh, uh, no, uh, hunger and other social problems and everything else. My argument is this. Humanity is an explorer race. That's what we've done. Back f- from when we were pre in our prehistoric times, we we're always about going out there, finding new things. It's in our fiber. It's in our f- being. We were everywhere, basically, on Earth, except for the deep oceans. But the deep oceans, like Jacques Cousteau and many others out there, say, well, said, Jacques Cousteau said, and he was also a... Uh, associate his family is an associate of a friend of the program here and chris gervais uh who was the, who was the head of wildlife uh conservation film festivals by the way chris is going through a very uh, rough time with liver cancer if you could uh go over to my facebook page jim polzel p-o-e-s-l and make a donation he'd really appreciate it he's uh very very sick uh but anyway i'm not going to make this the Uh, donation program and i rarely ever uh do this right but i'm gonna suggest if you enjoyed the program we're probably gonna do a replay on friday and uh know if you could head on over and do a donation there uh we'd really appreciate it okay a replay of his program when he was on all right so basically we have all these problems here on earth going on why are we worried about the moon well we're explorers out there uh, that's what we are that's what we do is we explore that money I got news we said well well money could be used elsewhere yeah but will it be used elsewhere where's it gonna go I remember back in the 70s we had a uh, thing from Bangladesh from George Harrison and I think it was Jeff Beck from ELO I that might be mistaken on that they had a whole big thing and bangladesh didn't get a lot of money out of that right uh with that and then later on came live aid and uh feed the world and everything else that were much more successful but the original stuff which was uh benefit from Bangladesh, didn't do that well with getting the money out there the money is going to migrate where it's going to migrate somewhere i'd much rather have it migrate with expanding basic scientific knowledge, which is what space excavation is, and some of the other areas. But what do I know? I'm just a guy on the radio trying to live life to its fullest. Okay, we are back, and this is from a uh, Labor Department uh, report. Uh, I have a copy of the lawsuit here. It was filed uh, on November 9th of this year, and it is, I'm going to uh, try to, this is the U.S. Department of Labor versus a sanitation service uh, based out of Nebraska, I believe it is. And this is where uh, you're gonna love this one. You're gonna you're gonna freaking love this one. It was a sanitation meat packing, a sanitation thing, in Nebraska, Minnesota, and they got a lawsuit filed against them by the Department of Labor for child, pardon me, child labor violations. Really, and. 2022, we're having a situation like this This is unconscionable in this country and any other country for that matter for uh, child labor. So, no, 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 no. let's see the lawsuit. I'll do. In a certain facility in Nebraska, employees working at a slaughtering and meatpacking establishment owned and operated by a certain company, Right, and they have offices, right? And it recruits and and this company recruits and signs up employees to work at this establishment in Nebraska. This company employs minor children at the establishment. Unbelievable. So the Fair Labor Standards Act prohibits employers from using any oppressive child labor in commerce or in the production of goods for commerce or in any enterprise engaged in commerce or the production of goods for commerce incredible children 14 and 15 years of age may be employed outside school hours but only in specified non-manufacturing non-hazardous jobs for limited periods of time i feel like we covered this a couple of days ago right so what is allegedly this thing does right and as it goes on, the lawsuits of 16 and 17-year-olds under the Fair Labor Standards Act may be employed in any occupation other than those declared hazardous by the Secretary of Labor. So what did the employee allegedly do? On The, on the employer allegedly do. All right? The defendant, right, is incorporated in the state of Ohio. Right? With, uh, okay, good, right? Like we're incorporated in Delaware, right? And we work out of New York and New Jersey. Blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 da. Going on and on and on. Going on and on and on. I just got a copy of the lawsuit here. I decided to click on something like I did last night. Da, da, da. All right. honor about August of this year. 24th of this year there was an investigation they uh, this company employs miners you're going to love this at a slaughtering and meat packing establishment owned and operated by this company the uh, investigation found that that the miners that a miner under the age of 14 reportedly 13 years old and miners under the age of 16 worked you get this during overnight shifts, which is illegal, more than three uh, more than three hours in a day and more than eighteen hours a week when school is in session. What were the miners doing? They were c- cleaning the killing floor with all of the blood and the other stuff. Now here's the question: Is animal blood considered a bloodborne pathogen? Maybe yes, maybe no. But there are illnesses and other well, uh, pathogens in there, remember, pathogen is just, no, uh, is a, uh, a pathogen is a, uh, right, human, uh, dangerous to humans, right, so there's no such thing as a human pathogen, So that's like a double, me, a double thing there, all pathogens impact human, humans, right, by definition. So, I think that they're employed in hazardous uh, occupation there. They're dealing with hazardous materials, in this case, a biological material. Now, we're not saying that, hey, in your kitchen or you go out hunting or whenever you're butchering an animal, you're cutting that steak, that nice, thick, juicy steak and everything. that that's a hazard, but here you're talking all these other things that are going on. And what do you use when you're cleaning up at this thing? You're going to use disinfectants. Several miners, according to the, a press release from the Department of Labor, suffered caustic chemical burns and other injuries. Mm, oh well. And now, I get this to make, inju- make matters worse, the company was intimidating minor workers to stop them from cooperating with investigators. Uh, right? And the company manipulated and deleted employment files. Sounds like a possible whistleblower situation there. So they're in a whole bunch of trouble there. We'll be keeping their eye on this company. Ay aye, aye. I am going to read directly from an OSHA news release, press release, so I don't get into legal trouble here. And I'm going to try to do away, but it's a company we've spoken about before numerous times. Risky Business. A certain real chief retailer continues to expose employees to workplace dangers of fire, electrical hazards found, this time in Georgia. Federal Workplace Safety. This is from today. Federal Workplace Safety and Health Inspectors continue to find workplace hazards despite levies of more than $15 million in proposed fines since 2017 at a very cheap Uh, a very cheap uh, uh, retail store that's in a lot of cities, uh, exposing the workers to unsafe conditions, this time in Thomasville, Georgia. On June 14th, right? uh, uh, OSHA found, uh, you're going to love this, merchandise blocking an electrical panel in the store's only emergency exit door area. OSHA issued citations for two repeat violations worth, just shy of $300,000. So let's remember, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. These things get negotiated down often or get vacated. So, and you have times to protest these and litigate these and everything else. So anything could happen. My question is this, why does this keep happening? Right? Yeah. Well, you have money to burn? Millions of dollars in citations? seven inspections throughout several states this year so far and remember they have six months to issue a citation where and they, they just issued this one now and it's uh, was six months ago right in June 14th and it's December 14th. So we could be hearing about this till well into next year here, right They had di- identified 31 violations that led to three almost no 2.7 million dollars and penalties in just November alone. That's the proposed penalties. As I had uh, previously stated, hold on, hold on. Okay, sorry about that, guys, but I air, I broadcast out of my basement studio here, and things go on. But today I do not have children running around with issues. Aye, aye, aye. No, daddy's on the... Uh, radio you can't do that well guess what i ain't gonna you know anyway they try to manipulate me these people they're worse than construction some construction workers anyway i, I digress i you know we're, we're, we're we have a happy home here especially around the holidays all right uh even under the worst conditions we try to have an uplifting positive happy home no, free of any stress but as i had a, uh, pardon me as i had uh previously said you know uh about a month ago i went into one of these establishments in uh northern new jersey and i'm not gonna say where and i said to him hey uh talked to the manager the manager thought i was nuts and i said do you hear about all these violations that you guys have no what's your communication Managers say we don't hear nothing, buddy. We hear nothing. I said, you know, you got like all these millions of dollars and citations. Yeah, they don't tell us about anything. Well, this is what what it comes down to is uh, this. Now, so, like I said, if you have a company that's large enough, you're in multiple states. There's a problem that one state. It's like it happened in another state as well, because OSHA, being a federal agency, could go to that other state, find the same violations, and issue you a uh, a repeat violation, right? And that's what's happening here. Uh, I don't know exactly why this is happening. I believe right, and here we have a severe violator. They're in the severe violator enforcement program, right? And uh, let's. I clicked on this is right out of OSHA here and it was updated very recently in the uh, compliance guide. It is a CPL that da- CPL zero to zero zero one six nine, right? Which uh, is one of the current directives, right? That's a current directive. This instruction updates enforcement policies and procedures. I'm reading right from it, which concentrates Resources on inspecting employers that have demonstrated indifference to their OSHA Occupational Safety and Health Act obligations by committing willful, repeated, and failure to abate violations. It replaces uh, the previous one. Enforcement actions for severe violator cases include mandatory follow-up inspections and, where applicable, ensure increased awareness of the enforcement actions at the corporate level corporate-wide agreements, enhanced settlement provisions, and federal court enforcement under ele- Section 11B of the OSHA Act. In addition, this instruction provides for NASH- nationwide referral procedures, which include OSHA state plans. So what's the criteria they're looking for on this? OSHA considers an inspection to, be, uh, to result in a severe violator enforcement program a case if it meets at least one of the following criteria below, and they list three criteria. All OSHA standards are applicable to the SVP. One fatal fatality or catastrophic criterion: a fatality or this is number one, a fatality or catastrophe inspection where OSHA finds at least one willful or repeated violation or issues a failure to abate notice based on a serious violation directly related either to an employee death or to an incident causing three or more employee hospitalizations. How do you like that? So if you willfully have either a catastrophic situation or an employee death, you may be on that severe violator enforcement program. Right? Two. A non-fatal or catastrophic criterion. An inspection where OSHA finds at least two willful or repeated violations or issues uh, failure to abate notices or any combination of these violations and notices based on the presence of high-gravity serious violations. All right, And there is a note here. Low- and moderate-gravity serious violations do not fulfill this criterion because I tell you what, if low- and moderate-gravity serious violations fulfill that criteria there'd be a boatload you know you'd have uh hundreds of thousands at this point of workplaces on the uh list an egregious criterion right all egregious and i don't even know how they uh define egregious here the example they give is for instance citations Enforcement actions shall be considered an SVEP case. I don't know what that means. They don't define it. How can an inspection be removed from OSHA's SVEP public log? OSHA will remove an employer from severe violator enforcement program log after at least three years from the date of receiving acceptable abatement verification. To be eligible for removal, the employer must have, 1. Abated all SVEP-related hazards – Two, paid all final penalties. Three, where applicable, followed and completed all settlement provisions. Four, received no additional serious citations related to the hazards identified originally or any related establishments. Right? That's where this uh, uh, retailer is getting into issues have received one follow-up or referral OSHA inspection. That's how you could be removed. So this is what's so important here for you. OSHA shows up to your facility and they start you know, uh, doing this. You. This is what I do. I say, you're going to bring the uh, work crew along with you and a camera And you're going to and a notebook, preferably so one person has a notebook, one person has a camera, and you have a work crew and everything else. And you write down everything that that OSHA uh, compliance officer says, and you take photos of everything the OSHA compliance officer takes a photo of. All right? That's what you do. You do all of that stuff. And you abate things as if they could be abated on the spot. That way, they everything gets abated on the spot, right? And then you're, and when you show that you're working with them, that you may or may not be cited. I can't guarantee that. Don't do what that roofer did a couple weeks ago, where he came out, where he came out screaming and yelling at the guy. It turns out he ended up beating the case on the OSHA level, but he might have gotten himself into trouble with perjury and a couple of other things. So you work with people. You be nice and everything else. Uh, There was a podcast uh, from another network that I heard about uh, two years ago that said, you know, you try to be really nice because if you're really nice, things are going to be better. And that was from a former uh, Department of Labor official. All right? Uh, When you're you're antagonistic with anyone, including a... uh, compliance officer from any agency, things may not go as nice, right? I'm just saying that's the way it is, right? Does OSHA offer SVP term less than three years? The answer is yes. If the end employer agrees to an enhanced settlement agreement, hold on, I got a sneeze here, everybody. Okay, pardon me. Thank God I hit the... uh, Cough button here. Yes, if an employer agrees to an enhanced settlement agreement, they may elect to reduce the SVE fee term to two years. In such cases, SVE removal is contingent on the employer agreeing to developing and implementing a safety and health management system within a two-year period that includes policies, procedures, practices that are effective to recognize and evade all occupational safety and health hazards and protect employees from those hazards. The employer's uh, enhanced settlement agreement or the SN the safety and health management system should include at least seven basic elements outlined in OSHA publication 3885 recommended practices for safety and health programs that is often included in your uh, OSHA outreach training classes for general industry right uh, because you had to do a thing on safety and health programs by, Law and should also include provisions for evaluating and improving program effectiveness along with provisions for OSHA's review and evaluation of the SHMS. Lastly, implementations must be verified by an independent third party. That means somebody like us. Or, for a UNI's workplace, a National Union Safety Health Representative subject to the approval of OSHA. So, again, it would behoove maybe this... Uh, come retailer to hire somebody like us to help them manage this and you can call us at 845-269-5772 or contact us at jim at safetywars.com. does social maintain a public log of inspections in svp the answer is yes all right, and there is a nice spreadsheet that you can go to, and let me open up that spreadsheet, and let's see how many we we have there. Do, do, do. Come on. Oh, yeah, here it is. The current one has how many employers here? Roughly just over 400 employers. Hmm, incredible on that. And I didn't know that they had that sort of thing. So we could go and make sure we save that. All right. So that's what we have with the Severe Violator Program. We're going to take a brief... Time out here, and we will get back to you on the other side of the break.
0: And surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support.
1: So we're going to talk about money today. Money news. All right. The markets, Dow Jones Industrials... Uh, Finished down slightly at 33,966. SP 500 down slightly. 39,95.32. NASDAQ was also down. 11,170.89. Russell 2000 down. It's finished at 1820. U.S. Treasury note fell. 10-year Treasury note to 3.5%. Bitcoin fell slightly to 17,782. Crude oil, thank God it fell. We're at seventy-seven thirteen a barrel for oil. What about our precious metals? Gold was down today, eighteen sixteen. Silver uh, at twenty-four fourteen. It fell slightly. Platinum at one thousand and forty-four, and palladium, the stuff that makes uh, catalytic converters do what they do, one thousand nine hundred and forty-six. It fell slightly. All right, now I always mention that because we were like, what is palladium? So we're going to tell you what palladium is. The Federal Reserve slows the rate of increase slows rate of increase. That's for uh, 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 interest rates. Officials slow their campaign to cool the economy, raising rates by half a percentage point, but they expect to increase them by more than initially anticipated. The Fed's move comes as central bankers worry that inflation will remain stubbornly high for years to come. Oh, happy, happy, joy, joy. There goes our savings, right? I came across a story from Channel News Asia today. All right, and you can say, well, Jim, you usually uh, talk a little about U.S. stories. Right, yeah, that's true. All right, that's true. We concentrate, but when I come across a story like this, I like to share it. And we do have some listeners in Singapore, uh, also. Uh, yes, we do. We have. Uh, no, I tell people we're in like thirty-four countries, something like that. The Safety FM network. So, uh, and uh, along with the podcast, the podcast is everywhere. Right, uh, I think everywhere. We're on like forty different platforms here. And you know, part of the reason why we do what we do here at Safety Wars is so we could go is that we try to get, especially with safe with safety news, right? We've tried to get behind the news. Right, we try to figure out what's going on behind the news. So for example, you have a fatality right and say so, well uh, somebody fell off a bridge and oh a worker fell off the bridge and caused a big traffic jam blah 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 such a worker fell off a bridge and uh, and that's pretty much all they have it's a 15 minute uh, 15 second long thing i like to go into a little bit more in depth here and i also like to see what other how other people handle things how other countries handle things here and there's just this news story on a painter who fell and unfortunately passed away back in March in Singapore is such a phenomenally written story, in my opinion, here that uh, I wanted to share some of it here. And you know what? I'm probably going to uh, go back to the source. This is from ChannelNewsAsia.com. The file, uh, I'm not seeing, it was written by a a journalist, uh, Louisa Tang, or it may be Jang, it's T-A-N-G. Often that's, in my experience, that might be pronounced Jang, but it's spelled Tang in uh, English. Painter who did not wear a safety harness died after falling from a second floor ledge, according to a coroner. The painter did not tell anyone of his fans plans to touch up painting at a private residence worksite. A coroner on Wednesday found no evidence of foul play in the case of a painter who lost his life in a workplace and an a- accident in March. The employee was not, and I'm leaving the names out, which is our, and the companies out, which is our custom here, right? Uh, you can always look this up, right? Was not wearing a safety harness when he most likely fell from uh, the second-floor reinforced concrete ledge of a private residence he had been painting. There were several previous occasions where this employee, he was a private contractor, uh, sounded like what we would call self-employed in this country, in which case OSHA would not apply to a self-employed individual, was seen standing on... I don't know what the law is in Singapore. ...was seen standing on house ledges, either painting or inspecting the external facade without a safety harness or any protective equipment, Said the coroner in her written inquiry findings. The Ministry of Manpower, I love that Ministry of Manpower, what's the acronym? MOM, is contemplating enforcement action against the parties involved. She ruled that the worker's death was an unfortunate work related death. It was among 28 workplace fatalities that occurred in the first half of 2022. There have been 44 workplace deaths so far this year in Singapore, the highest since 2017. So what happened? And again, this is, if you want to find, uh, now this is, uh, I'll share it on my LinkedIn account, uh, uh, Jim Polzel on LinkedIn. This is the way, this is uh, what, this is like perfectly written here, Okay. And, uh, right, the employee, who was a self-employed construction painter, worked as a contractor for a company to paint the interior and exterior walls of a building in the Cambangan area, um, right? He began his work in May 2021, and the project was due for completion in mid-March. Other than reporting his progress to a certain person every month, he worked independently and unsupervised at the work site. So this sounded like a GC and or a host employer and a subcontractor situation. Again, this happens all the time, working independently and unsupervised, all right? That's often a, and I I hate to use the word, I hate it, I hate the phrase, root cause of a lot of accidents, lack of supervision, right? This person had conducted a risk assessment for painting works there specifically identifying a fall from height as a hazard associated with painting activities. So there was a risk assessment done. I don't know what if that was a hazard matrix, their version of a JHA, Singapore, I believe. A lot of companies there use JHAs from what I my experience and things of that nature. Mom, the man no, the Ministry of Manpower, mom established and implemented several risk control measures to address this hazard, including making sure that workers working on external scaffolding were wearing safety harnesses. I don't know what the requirements are, but they hey, they were required to do something. These procedures were made known to the workers there and all the subcontractors. Mom further found that the company did not tell uh, the employee, the employee, This is where it gets a little sketchy. I don't know. They might have implied. He might have drawn an inference. He might have just been a very diligent person Did not tell the employee to do the worker to do any touch-up painting work on the reinforced concrete ledges after the external scaffold was dismantled in August of 2021. All the work on the facade, including the external painting works, had been completed by then. So apparently there's no evidence that this guy told anybody what he was doing. Uh, the worker appeared to have been at the work site on that fateful day to perform touch-up painting work. This was something that the people that own the place, the people in charge, GC, something like that, were unaware of, and Mr. Hoon did not tell anyone about his intention to do so, the coroner noted. Right? So, Okay. Around 11 a.m., a domestic worker at a house adjacent to the worksite saw the worker painting the external facade while standing on the second-floor ledge without a safety harness. Okay, so there was a witness doing that. Uh, three hours later, a construction worker spotted Mr. I am not. I almost said his name, in the living room. This was the last time anyone saw him alive. Uh. At, before the site foreman heard a loud thud around 2:15. now i want I, I i pointed this out during my class this week right i grew up on a site uh, at a uh, in a house that had two huge pinot trees was, which have since been uh, cut down unfortunately i actually cried when we cut them down and there was another tree that had to be cut down reason why i used to climb the tree that got the one tree that got cut down when i was a kid you know you hate to see stuff like that cut down but the other thing is the other trees they were uh they had to be cut down they were they were a danger uh but no i hate to see things go like that so i make sure that when we cut down a tree we plant another tree somewhere else maybe not on our property but somewhere else right uh because that's the kind of guy i am right Three hours later, construction worker, uh, right, they saw the guy in the living room. They heard a thud. And anyway, what's my point with the trees? I listened to all my life squirrels falling out of those trees, hitting the ground. And the thud of a squirrel hitting the ground and the few times that I've heard a human being hit the ground is the same sound. And it's something that you never get out of your head. I was on a job with my back. I was up around three floors, four floors up uh, with my friend, uh, Buddy Rudolph. And we were doing a morning uh, inspection at a facility of a uh, job site. Uh, and we were three floors up. We were heard someone fell, fall off a crane. And we already knew just from the sound what it was, which was a body hitting the ground, and it's something that a sound that you never get out of your head, right? Call it PTSD, call it whatever you want, but you you always hear that distinctive sound. All right. Uh, when the foreman found the employee working on the ground and bleeding from his head, he called for an ambulance. The paramedic observed that the worker was unable to respond to verbal commands, had a swollen head, and appeared to have a broken arm. So uh, the employee was then taken to the hospital, but unfortunately died three days later. He suffered multiple skull and facial fractures, among other injuries. So these are the findings of the uh, Workplace Safety and Health Council. I guess it's their form of OSHA, right? Use a proper work platform for workers to work safely at heights. Use a travel restraint system to prevent workers from walking too close to open sides, if not possible, uh, to use a work platform. Provide each worker with a personal fall arrest system with a secure anchorage point, right, if work is uh, near an open side. Develop safe work procedures for the task to provide supervision to ensure workers are following the same. And implement a permit to work system for any work where a person can fall more than three meters. I guess that is that's probably three meters, which that is probably that's thirty-nine point thirty-nine inches. So that's uh, just shy of three, six, nine, ten feet. Just shy of ten feet. Right? And provide and ensure workers put on the correct footwear, such as safety shoes with non slip soles. I tell you what, I'm going to drop this. uh, Do I have a link to this author? I don't know if I do or not. All right. It appears that this uh, reporter, uh, Louise Jang, covers uh, a lot of these stories. And I'm going to say, I'm going to congratulate her on a very well-written story here because if, if the popular press and websites out there did a little bit more work right, and laid this stuff out a little bit better, I think that we would probably be able to cut down on that 5,000 worker deaths in uh, a year in our country because I tell you what, you know who, you know who uh, is going to get us our workers to work safely in our companies, to promote safety and incentivize safety more effectively and safe work practices. It may not happen in the. Uh, it may not happen in the workplace. It may be hap- in, in the culture. It may happen at home. And when a article is written like this, this is where you're impacting the home life. This is where someone at home is going to hear about this. All right, a client, former client of mine, when I worked in corporate America, they had a we had a client that had a catastrophic loss. uh, There, that was a fatality at the company picnic. They invited families and everything else, and they did a presentation on safety. They said, this is what your husband, your wife, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your family member has to do at work. And it's important that you as a family member remind your worker, your Person working here, whoever, to work safely and to wear their correct equipment. When you have, because we want them to go home to you safely, when you have a child, tell that to an adult. I think that's where you're going to get the whole family involved. And as I said last night, we're employing families, we're not employing individuals. And if you can get people thinking along those lines, you may be able to cut that five thousand three hundred thirty-three workers killed last year in the United States in workplaces. You may be able to cut that down somewhat and eat into that number. And this is all without government work, work, uh, government involvement or anything else. This is you folks doing it. And if you want to fight that safety war, you have to fight that safety war at home and in the workforce. if you want to be successful you have to do that in the work at home and in the workplace and that's how we're going to win that safety war I'm going to uh, take a brief break with that and finish up with some other stuff
0: Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant Jim Pozell with Safety Wars
1: OSHA recordables, first aid cases, catastrophic losses. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Polzel with Safety Wars. I came across an interesting article today on something called the false consensus effect. And what is that? We, we have a lot of cog, a lot, lot of biases. There's a book recently that came out the, uh, the author escapes me, but it was the book of biases. and it was a free free book that someone wrote and it listed over 150 biases that you could have. Now as we know as safety professionals, biases, especially when you're dealing with accident investigations and managing people with safety, come into thing, come into things. you have all different types of biases. You have hindsight bias. What's that? That's the, hey, 2020 is always right. 2020 vision, meaning you're looking behind us, right? Uh, Hindsight is 2020, right, sort of thing. Uh, You have uh, many, many, many different types of biases. This is called a false consensus, uh, consensus effect, which is a cognitive bias that causes people to overestimate how much others are like them. And, and what are we talking about in terms of sharing things such as their beliefs, values, characteristics, experiences, and behaviors? Essentially, this means that the false consensus effect leads people to assume that others are more similar to them than they actually are. So let's give a, a example to this. We saw this in the last uh, six years with the politics where you have uh, leaders in huge uh, events they said man i don't know anybody who's voting for the other guy and then the other guy more people vote for the other guy right because you you surround yourself with people who think like you and the reality is and i was always told this from little on not jimmy not everybody thinks like you and it took me a long time to overcome this bias where i thought that people thought like me so, uh, how else could it happen, right? I have, and sometimes, depending on the, uh, uh, if I have to give a training class, I know sometimes you have to go into controversial statements. What are some of the controversial statements that we have to go into? One, right off the bat, I can tell you workers should go home safe, workers should go home not hurt. Guess what? There are some people, yeah, and I know on paper and on that corporate statement that we're forced to uh, issue, people will say, oh yeah, we're, we're worried about worker safety. We're worried about this. We're worried about that. And then you go out there and they're like, I don't give a damn if The guy falls off. It's raining men and with fall protection out here. I really don't care. Right? So. You know, it's that it's along those lines where you think that everybody thinks like you. Nobody, uh, people are, uh, uh, people are, uh, are uh, uh, people are not okay with people going home hurt. What people getting hurt? Guess what? There are people who are okay with people going home hurt. They figure they're going to have so many accidents. It's a very nineteen thirties fi- thinking here, but that still is very pervasive in some companies and i have to put that in my contract when i'm doing training with certain companies that hey i might be issuing controversial statements out there like people shouldn't get hurt at work and that's considered controversial why you know hey or how's this one uh for that they're all a bunch of idiots what do i care about their safety if they don't care about it that's wrong-headed thinking but guess what I think, hey, everybody deserves safety. Why general duty clause lawyers, employees are uh, entitled to workplaces free of recognized hazards. Guess what? Free of recognized hazards. Guess what? A lot of people don't believe that. We're doing you a favor, and it's your fo- and uh, if you get hurt, you are hurting the company. You are not hurting yourself. That's what people have, but we all think this in the safety field that everyone thinks the way that we think. How about this one? We should obey federal law. Right? We think that everybody wants to obey federal law. Guess what? There's people out there that don't want to obey federal law. So don't get caught into this trap where people, you think everybody thinks the way you do. Right? Because that's not exactly how it is. Don't think that people, and it works the other way too, where you have people out there that are, for lack of a better word, assholes, right? So what happens? They think that everybody else is going to think like they do, like they're an asshole, right? Uh, well, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. And it's like, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm not an asshole, <laughs> right? And it goes the other way too. That's the way they act. So this cognitive bias a false consensus It's very pervasive in our society And uh, we're probably going to go Into more with this And we're going to file that away So go out there Fight that safety war we got another two more days to the weekend here And we're going to win that safety war We're going to get there We're going to get there Slowly but surely sometimes But we're going to get there For safety wars This is Jim (coughs) Puzzle